Gabe Miller here, and I want to personally thank you for checking out our podcast. And I also want to encourage you to click the subscribe button so that each week's message will automatically show up in your feed. Another great way to stay connected with this is on our website at yourimpactchurch.com and on all of our social media outlets at Your Impact Church. I hope this message today encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you. Let's jump into the message. We began a series for the Christmas season that we're calling Characters of Christmas. And uh, what we're doing in this series is we're looking at uh, three specific characters and really character traits uh, of three people in the Christmas story. Last week we looked at uh, the life or the character of Joseph. We're going to be looking at the life or the character of Mary. Uh, and then we're going to be talking about Jesus as well. And last week in the character of Joseph we, Joseph, we said a couple of things, that Joseph was a man of integrity. We discovered that Joseph was a man of integrity, somebody who didn't just desire to do the right thing, but to do it in the right way. And that's what integrity looks like a lot of times for our lives, is not just necessarily always doing the right thing. That's important to always do the right thing, but to do it in the right way, that there is a right way to do the right thing. And then we said that Joseph was a man of obedience. And if you remember this, some of us, we, we took a poll and we said, who follows the instructions all the way to the end, right? And Joseph was a man who, his obedience was immediate, so immediate that he got up in the middle of the night to obey what the Lord told him to do. And it was all the way. Like it was complete obedience to what God was telling him to do. Um, so today we're going to be talking about the character of Mary. And something interesting and unique to Mary, uh, as I was studying this and, and uh thinking about it even over this last week again, um, Mary was the only human to witness the birth of Jesus and the death of Jesus. Um, we, there's, there's no record somewhere along, we talked about this last week, Joseph, Joseph was not around at that point in, in Jesus' ministry and in his life, but Mary was somebody who, uh, who was at the birth of Jesus, obviously, and was also walked with Jesus um, followed Jesus, was a part of Jesus's ministry, and then was there when Jesus actually died. And so I think there's a lot that we can learn from Mary. I love how it mentions multiple times in Scripture that Mary treasured these things in her heart, that Mary thought about these things in her heart, that she pondered them in her heart uh, when things would happen. So uh, let's talk a little bit about Mary's story today. And here's point number one, if you want to write this down. Talking about character traits, things that we can learn. Mary trusted God. Mary trusted God. Now, I want you to look at uh, how it all went down. This is in Luke chapter 1, and I want to start in verse 26, and we'll read several verses as we get started today. It says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, which it's interesting to me. Every time you see an angel appear to somebody, there's always this don't be afraid, right? Even when Jesus in the Gospels, Jesus would show up and he would say, hey, don't, don't be terrified. Don't be afraid. It's me. Like I'm the one walking on the water. Jesus, you know, after he's been resurrected, he pops through a wall and he just shows up where his disciples are eating. You know, and you remember this? And he's like, don't be like, Take courage, don't be afraid, it's me. And an angel shows up, and I would say to, to most of us in the room, probably all of us in the room, if an angel was to show up in your bedroom tonight, you would probably need it to say him to say, don't be afraid, right? Like, don't be terrified. The angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. 
He will be very great and will, call, and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. And he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Come on, how many of you are thankful that his kingdom never ends? Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. I love verse 37, for the word of God will never fail. Come on, is there anybody at church today who's thankful that the word of God will never fail? That if you received a word from God, you can, you, can, you can bet everything on it that it will come to pass. That God will do what he said he will do. That his word is true. That when he speaks something, it will not fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said to me or said about me come true. And then the angel left her. And once again, as we read the Christmas story, it's easy to read the Christmas story and just read it because we know how it ends. We know what happens next. We know how this all turns out. We know what this story is all about. But I want us to kind of put ourselves in Mary's shoes. Mary being a teenager. Mary has never seen an angel before and one shows up. Mary doesn't quite understand how any of this is actually going to happen as she's listening to the angel speak. And Mary's probably thinking, even in that moment when the angel leaves, she's probably thinking, how am I going to explain this to Joseph? Like, what are people going to say? What are people going to think? Like, if we really put ourselves in Mary's shoes, there was a lot going on in this moment. There was a lot. I don't know if you've ever had a moment where you were reading Scripture or you felt like the Lord impressed something on your heart, and you were wondering, I don't know, I don't know how this is going to happen. I don't know how this could be. I don't know how this could take place. I don't know how God's going to do that, but I feel like he's telling me that he's going to do that. And I don't know, maybe you're in a season right now where you just aren't sure. You're not sure. You're not sure how it's going to turn out. You're not sure if it's ever going to happen. You're not sure if, well, I, I felt like God spoke something to me, but I haven't seen it yet, so I don't know, is it, is it ever going to take place? Is it ever going to happen? Maybe you're in a season of, you know, I, I'm unsure in my marriage. I'm unsure in my health. I'm unsure with my kids. I'm unsure about my career. I'm unsure about, you know, am I, what is, what's going to happen in my life? I'm unsure about all these things. Maybe you're in a season right now where you just feel unsure. And Mary, I think we can relate to Mary more than we realize. You're, sometimes we're just not sure what God's doing. We're not sure how God's going to fulfill his promise, or sometimes we're not sure. You ever been in this place where you're not sure if God sees you? You're not sure if God, even like right now, as you think about the Christmas season, and people seem to be, you know, more happy, and some people love Christmas, and some people Christmas is a difficult time, and you're wondering, like, does God does God see me? Like, as, I, as we're about to end 2023, and I want 2024 to be better, and does God does God see me right now? You aren't sure if God can fix maybe even something that you've broken in your life? I think that we can relate to Mary more than we realize and what Mary might have been thinking and experiencing in this moment when this has been a great thing that's just happened. But there's all the questions of how. What is that going to look like? You know, is... Is this, is this really going to be true? Is this really going to happen in my life? But I love Mary's response, and I don't know if you caught this. Hopefully you did. When the angel tells her all these things, here's what, here's what Mary says. She says, I am the Lord's servant. Amen. I am the Lord's servant. 
I was thinking, what would it look like in my life for me to, in even the difficult situations, even the times when I don't understand or I'm not sure, for me to say, but I'm the Lord's servant. God's speaking something to me right now. I don't know how it's going to happen, but here's what I do know. I'm the Lord's servant. I don't know what my marriage is going to look like in 2024 because we're trying to make it through this rocky this, this season right now. But here's what I do know. I know that I am the Lord's servant. And whatever he tells me to do, that's what I'll do. I am, what would it look like in your life for you to say, in every, no matter what, in every situation, for you to come back around and say, you know what, I don't know, but I am the Lord's servant. And when you think about Mary, some of the things she might have been thinking in that moment, well, I'm just a young girl but I'm the Lord's servant. I don't know how this is going to be possible, but, but I'm the Lord's servant. I don't quite understand any of this right now, but I do know that I'm the Lord's servant. So let it happen to me just as you said. Mary trusted God. She was willing to be a servant. She was willing to do the hard thing. We talked a little bit about that last week with Joseph, willing to do the hard thing. There's some, there's some characters in the Christmas story that they were willing to do the difficult thing. When it didn't make sense, when it seemed like it was impossible, when it seemed like, man, I don't know how, I don't even know how this makes sense to anybody. They were willing to do the hard thing. And Mary trusted the word of the Lord. Man, if there's anything that I could get you to walk away with today is I would encourage you, trust the word of the Lord. Trust the word of the Lord. Man, if we could ever get, I think God is trying to get us to this place in our lives where we just fully trust him. That when he says something or when he speaks something or when we read something in his word that he's already said, that we would walk away and we would say, I'm the Lord's servant and I trust that right there and I'm going to do what God said and I'm going to live that out and I'm not going to question what God, I may not understand it, I may not know how it's going to happen, but I'm going to trust God. So my question for all of us today is, is this, do we really trust God? Do we really trust God? Because when you think about Mary, it'd be easy. If, put yourself in that moment. Would you trust God? If an angel showed up to you and you don't understand any, any way that this could happen, and the angel explains, well, this is going to happen, it's going to be God who's going to do it. Would you walk away and would you think, I trust God, that's going to happen. I trust God, that's going to happen. Some of you have even had experiences in your life. You've had experiences in your life where, where you didn't get it, you didn't know how it was going to happen, and then it happened and God did it, and you were like, my faith. Like my faith just enlarged a little bit. My trust in God just got a little bit bigger. Like I, I've seen that God really can do something. And you need to, listen to me, you need to share that story with other people. Amen. You need to share that story with other people. You need to tell other people in your life, man, you don't know what God did for me. Because you don't know what they might be going through right now that they're holding, they're trying to hold on to hope. And hearing from you that, no, it's, it's, it's always interesting to me because in this same conversation, the angel tells Mary, but hey, listen, you remember Elizabeth, who everybody said she was barren, couldn't have any kids? Guess what? She's pregnant. And she's six months along. And then the angel says, because no word from God will ever fail. No word from God will ever fail. And I have to think that that was an encouragement because right after this, Mary, we see that Mary leaves and she goes to visit her. She goes to see, like, I got to go see this. I didn't even know this was happening. I didn't even know this had taken place. It's a miracle. Here's what I've discovered um, about us as Christians and really in our culture. Sometimes 
We struggle to trust God when we can't see what he's doing. We struggle to trust God when we don't understand what he's doing. And, and some of us, uh, we like what God can do for us, but we don't fully trust him. We like the idea of what God can do for us, but we have not really placed all of our trust in him. Some of us, we have a tendency to place our trust in what God can do rather than actually placing our trust in Jesus. That even if, even if you don't do it the way that I want you to do it, I still trust you. Even if it doesn't look like what I want it to look like, I still trust you. Even if it doesn't happen on my timeline, I'm still going to trust you because I trust you. I trust you. I trust in Jesus. Some of us, we just, we, we like the idea of what God can do, but trusting him is a different thing. And I think we know this, many of us, because of how we respond when God doesn't do what we think he should do in the way that we think he should do it. And this was, if, if you think back, um, if you think back in the Gospels, this was the Pharisees' problem. It didn't look like what they wanted it to look like. They thought it was going to happen. Even the disciples, they were like, you know, all this time they were thinking, this isn't what we thought it was going to look like, right? Like baby being born, like being called to follow this guy, and we're like trying to sort out, is this guy who he says he is? And the Pharisees were like, you're claiming to be God, and only God can do that. And we know this is how it's going to happen. When the Messiah comes, it's going to happen just like this. And Jesus said, you have missed it. You have missed it. It doesn't look anything like what you thought it was going to look like or how you had planned for it to look like. This was the Pharisees' problem, that it didn't look like. Jesus didn't look like what they thought he would look like. It didn't happen in the way that they thought it would happen. And I, I preached a message, it was back in July, I was reminded about it uh, when I was preparing this and writing this message. And I titled it, What to Do When God Doesn't Do What You Want Him to Do. And I just want to remind you, I'm going to go on to the next point, but before we do that, I want to remind you of the three things that we talked about because they are so, so vitally important when you think about trusting God in your life. And the first one was that we need to, when God doesn't do what we want Him to do or it's not on our timing, we need to trust God's sovereignty. Trust that God knows it all, sees it all, has already been, has already seen your life all the way through to the very end. And he's not caught off guard by anything. God has already seen it through all the way to the end. The second one was that we trust God's character. Trust God's character. Well, what is God's character? Well, God is love. We just sang about it this morning. God is able. That even, even when I don't see what I want to see right now, I still trust that God is who he said he is. That even when he's not doing the thing that I want him to do right now, I still trust that God is who he said he is, that he is love and that he is faithful and that he is able and that he is good. And then the third one was this, that we trust God's timing. We trust God's timing. And we've talked about this a, a few times over the last several months where God stands outside of time. And so where we, God, God has already been in your future. God is, God is like right here, and he's in your future, and he's already seen everything all the way to the end. And so we can trust that God knows exactly when things need to happen and how they need to happen, and that God's always working. He's always working. We can trust God's timing. His timing is always perfect. Look at these, these verses um, as we talk about trusting God. Philippians 4.19, I just want to encourage you for a moment on how we can trust God. Paul says, and this same God who takes care of me 
will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Can I just tell you today that you can trust God to be your provider? You don't have to strive and you don't have to worry. And you don't, Jesus himself even said, why do you, like, can you add a single moment to your life by worrying? God already knows what you need. So trust him. Seek first the kingdom and everything else that you need will be added to you. It will come alongside that when you're seeking God and his kingdom. Proverbs 29, 25. Fearing people is a dangerous trap. Somebody said amen. But trusting the Lord means safety. Fearing people is a dangerous trap. Thinking too much about what people think. Doing, organizing your life around what people are going to think about you is a dangerous trap. But organizing your life around trust in God, there's safety in that. That my life is, is organized around my trust in God, not around what, come on, we don't, we don't need to be jumping from one thing to the next thing based on what people are going to think. And, well, what are they going to think about this? What are they going to think about this? And what are they going to think about this? And if I do that, what are they going to do? No, you just need to be obedient. You just need to trust God and be obedient. We all know these verses, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Somebody say all. all. With all your heart. Your mind, will, and emotions. With the, in, the most central part of your being, trust in the Lord with everything. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. We can trust God for direction. When we stop relying on our own ability and our own understanding, and we place all of our trust in God, and we trust in him, it says when we seek his will, we're trusting in him, he's going to show us which path to take. He's going to make those paths straight. Isaiah 26, verses 3 and 4 Isaiah says, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Trust in the Lord always, for the Lord God is the eternal rock. Trusting God, it, it, it brings peace. Trusting God, bring, it'll bring peace to your life. Because you're not so concerned about all the things, it, my, my focus is on trusting God. My eyes are fixed on him. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you. Trust in you. Isn't it interesting how we have a tendency to trust in other things? And we trust in, don't, we trust in other things trying to find peace. We are trying to find the thing that we know is missing. And we want peace so bad in our lives. So we start trusting in other things and other people and other people's opinions. And, all the, and, and Isaiah said no. You will keep in perfect peace. God's going to keep in perfect peace those who trust in him, whose minds are stayed on him, whose eyes are fixed on him. That no matter what you're walking through, I'm, I'm focused on Jesus. I know this is really hard right now, but I'm focused on Jesus, and that's where my peace comes from. I'm trusting in him, and that's where my peace comes from. And then going back to our main scripture for this year's word for the year was dwell. And we were looking at Psalm 91, and if you look at the very beginning of that, Verses 1 and 2, those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust Him. He is my God, and I trust Him. He's my shelter. I'm going to rest in Him. 
He's my refuge. He's my place of safety. He's my God, and I trust in him. So here's what we can learn, I think, the first thing from Mary's character and really from Scripture as a whole. Listen to me. God can be trusted. God can be trusted. And I really felt like as simple as this statement is that there was somebody or maybe a few people in the room today that you're struggling to trust God. You don't feel like you can see him right now. You don't know how anything in your life can be turned around right now. You're struggling in relationship right now. And you're struggling to trust God. And listen, God can be trusted. God can be trusted. No word from him will ever fail. God sees you right now where you are. God sees what's going on in your life. God sees your marriage. God sees your kids. God sees your life as a whole. And God can be trusted. So I want you to ask yourself this question. When was the last time that you fully trusted God? When was the last time that you fully, you remember a time in your life, it's like, man, I remember that season of my life. I was, I was all in. I fully trusted God. And what does it look like for you to fully trust God in your finances? What would it look like as you end 2023 and you go into 2024 for you to fully trust God with your finances? What does that look like? What does that mean? Do you, do you trust God with some of your finances, but if he asks you to do this, you're not willing to do that because you don't fully trust God? What does it look like for you? Think about it. Even think about it this week. What does it look like for you going into this next year to fully trust God in your finances? What does it look like for you to fully trust God in your marriage or to fully trust God with your kids or fully trust God with your career or with the things that you don't understand or even this one, what does it look like for you to fully trust God with all of your unanswered prayers? All of the things that you still have question marks about that you're like, I don't know, I've been praying about that, I've been asking God about that, and I don't feel like I have direction yet, I don't feel like I have peace yet. We're believing God for a miracle in this way, and we don't feel like he's provided yet. What does it look like for you in the midst of that to fully trust God, to not throw in the towel, to not lose your faith, to not walk away? To not begin to question God and whether or not he's actually going to no, know. If God said it, God will do it. If God's in it, God will do it. We just have to continue to trust God. And then here's, here's point number two. Mary praised God. Mary praised God. Now there's a, uh, there's a part of the Christmas story. Uh, there's this portion of, script, of scripture where Elizabeth calls Mary blessed. And because, because she has believed what the Lord is going to do. And then we see Mary's response. And this is a vain, very famous passage of Scripture, very famous uh, praise from Mary to God that she's speaking. And this is in Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 46. And Mary responded, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord, how my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he took notice of his lowly servant girl. He saw me. And from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one is holy. And he has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. For he made this promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his children 
forever. I want to talk about praise for just a minute. I want to end talking about praise. Here's a, here's a definition of praise. It's the expression of approval or admiration for someone or something. Have you ever praised somebody in your life? You ever praised? I was thinking about some people that we might praise. Uh, you ever praised your kids for what they did? They did something right and you, you, you praised them, right? They took out the trash, come on. And you praised them and you kind of took on that mentality. It's like rewarded behavior is repeated behavior. And so I'm going to praise you because you took out the trash today. Or they, they played well in a game and so you praised them. Or they finished all their homework. Or they made a good grade and so you praised them. They did something well so you showed them that you approved of them because of what they had done that was good. Or what about your employees, for people who have employees? They, they met their goals, so you praised them. Or they made you money, come on, so you praised them. <laughs> this was a good year. You made more money for the company, which made more money for me. And so you, you give them praise, you approve of them. They, they showed up early, and so you praised them. They did something well that also benefited you, so you praised them. Or what about your spouse? You ever praise your spouse, right? You're like, man, I'm trying to change my spouse right now. It's probably not a good good method it's probably not a good goal uh, to change your spouse you ought to just pray for your spouse and allow the lord what's interesting just a little sidebar what's interesting about trying to to change somebody in your life is when you begin to pray for that person and allow god to do a work god usually does a work on you and he points out things in you that maybe you've been looking at the wrong things or you've been focused on the wrong things or you've been you know kind of off in this area or this area and god brings that all back together but what about you know it's, it's Christmas time, so your spouse, they got you the perfect gift. I was talking to somebody the other day, and, and uh, they've already gotten their gift for Christmas. You know, it's like, already received it. It's the perfect gift. And so you praise your spouse. Oh, it's just the best, that's the best gift you've ever gotten, you know. And you're like, you're thinking the same thing, right? You're like, rewarded behavior is repeated behavior, you know. So if I praise them, it's like, this was, this was really good, you know. It was really good, and you praise them for it. And we have this tendency to praise people in our lives for the good things that they've done or for the things that they've done to help us. And we should. We should praise our kids and praise employees and, and approve of our spouses and things like that when they do things like that. But here's what we know in the natural that's so much more powerful. To approve of your kids even when they haven't accomplished something is a powerful thing. When there hasn't been something that they have done for you or that they have done that you, you watch them do and you're proud of them for that, that's great. Praise them for that. Do that. But man, to just, to just approve of your kids because they're your kids. I mean, God did this for Jesus when Jesus was baptized. He said, this is my son whom I love and I'm well pleased with him. Jesus hadn't done a thing. His ministry was just beginning. In fact, he was about to walk out of the water and go into the wilderness for temptation. And God said, before you do anything, I want you to know I'm proud of you. It's a powerful thing. To approve of your employees just as an act of appreciation, it's powerful. To praise or approve of your spouse just to show them that you love them, it's a powerful thing. And I was thinking about this idea of praise and how Mary, you know, she kind of burst into this song of, of praise in the Christmas story. When she goes and sees Elizabeth, Elizabeth says, you're blessed. You're blessed. You believed what God you believe that God's going to do that in your life. And I think, I, I began to ask this question, what if we have a same, the same tendency to do these things with God when it comes to praise? Well, God, if you play well in the game, 
I'll praise you. God, if you meet all my goals, I'll praise you. God, if you do this for me, I'll praise you. God, if you come through, I'll praise you. God, if you get me the perfect gift, I'll praise you. And I know I'm being a little bit silly, but don't we tend to have this mentality sometimes with God as well? Well, God, if you do this thing, I'll praise you. If you see me through this, then I'll praise you. And we should praise God for all the things that he's done, for how he blesses us. But what if there could be a praise inside you for God just because he's God? What if there could be a praise inside of you in advance for the healing that you're believing for and not waiting until after it happens? What if there's a praise inside of you because God has saved you? And even if he never did another thing for you, he's already saved you and you're on your way to heaven. What if, what if we could have a praise inside of us before God did anything? Just because he's God. The word translated as praise in verse 46, it, it means this, to make great or magnify. To make great. So here's what Mary said. I pray... I make you great and I magnify you. I don't magnify my problem, I magnify you. I don't magnify my misunderstanding, I don't get it, I don't magnify that, I magnify you because you said it and it's going to happen. I magnify you before I ever even see it happen. I magnify you, I'm making you great. Worship team, you can come back and help me. Mary didn't have all the answers, but listen to me, she had a praise inside of her. Mary, Mary didn't get it all the way. But there was a praise inside of her. And before anything had ever happened, and before she started to see a little belly, she had a praise inside of her. There was something already on the inside of Mary. She didn't have all the answers, and she didn't have to have all the answers to magnify God and make him great in her life. She didn't have to completely understand to magnify God and make him great in her life. And maybe I would submit to you that maybe... You don't have to have all the answers to make God great and magnify him in your life. Maybe we don't have to understand it all to make God great and magnify him in our life. Maybe, maybe we don't have to experience the healing right now to make God great and magnify him in our lives. Maybe, maybe we keep believing that it's coming and believing that God's going to do what he said he would do because no word from God will ever fail. But in the meantime, I've still got a praise inside of me. And when I don't see God doing anything in the physical right now, I've still got a praise inside of me. Before anything happens in my life that I've been praying for, I've still got a praise inside of me. Before my kid comes back to Jesus, I've still got a praise inside of me right now. And I'm going to praise God in advance. I'm going to praise God before I see the miracle. I'm going to praise God before I see him do anything in my life. What if we lived our lives making God great? And we magnified him regardless of the circumstances. Just a few verses. I love these verses out of the Psalms. Psalm 96 and verse 4 says, Great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. He is most worthy of praise. When? All the time. When? When he does the, when he does the thing? No. Right now. Come on. Right now. On December 3rd, 2023, God is most worthy to be praised. 
Right now, in the midst of your struggling marriage, God is most worthy to be praised. Right now, when you haven't seen what you want to see yet, God is still most worthy of our praise. Come on, praise the Lord. Psalm 148, just the first few verses, what we'll read, says, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him from the skies. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all the armies of heaven. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you twinkling stars. Praise him, skies above. Praise him, vapors high above the clouds. Let every created thing give praise to the Lord. For he issued his command and they came into being. You know what I love about that verse in verse 5? It says, let everything, some translations would even say, let everything that has breath. Let everything that has been created. Jesus said, if they don't praise, if they don't cry out, the rocks will cry out. Everything that has been created will praise the Lord. Everything that has been created. And then I love the end of that where he says, for he issued his command and they came into being. In other words, God created it all. Why is he worthy to be praised? Because he spoke it into existence. He created everything. He said it and it happened. Can I tell you today, God can say something in your life and it can happen. You've been praying for three years and in a moment, God can speak the word. Jesus, when he was on the earth, he spoke the word and he didn't even have to go to the location. He didn't have to go lay hands on the person. He would speak the word and it would happen. Praise, come on, There's there's a praise in you. There's a praise inside of you right now. Before you see the miracle, before you see it restored, before you see it happen, before you get to 2024 and you're like, man, when I get to January 1st, it's going to be a brand new year. It's a fresh start. And I love this time of year because we're all looking forward to January 1. And it's like, woo, can't wait to get 2023 behind me and get into 2024. And I'm going to praise God then. No, you can praise God right now. And you can end 2023 strong by praising the Lord and go into 2024 in a new mindset with new praise in your heart because there's praise inside of you before it happens and the last verse in psalm 150 the last verse of all the psalms says let everything that breathes sing praises to the lord praise the lord can i ask you a question today are you breathing are you breathing let everything that has breath let everything that breathes are you breathing then you got a praise inside of you that that needs to be offered to god let everything that has breath Before anything happens, before God works in your life, before the miracle takes place, before your kids come back, before the marriage is restored, before your family comes back together, before you see restoration in relationships, before you see any of it, there's a praise inside of you that you need to offer to God because he's worthy to be praised. Let everything that breathes praise the Lord. Let everything that breathes praise the Lord. And here's what I think, the second thing that I think we can learn from not just Mary's character, but from Scripture, that God is worthy to be praised. If he never did another thing for us, he's still worthy to be praised. He's still worthy to be praised. Will you stand this morning? I want you to believe today. Come on, I want you to believe today that God can be trusted. I want you to believe today. You can trust God. You can trust God with that problem. You can trust God with that family member. You can trust God with that difficulty. God can be trusted. I want you to believe today that God is worthy to be praised. And God's trustworthiness and his worthiness to be praised is not contingent upon what he has or hasn't done for us lately. He can be trusted and he is worthy to be praised. So listen. Come on. Let's 
Let's worship God no matter what. Let's trust God no matter what. Let's praise God no matter what. That it's not based on what God can do for me. It's based on what Jesus has already done for every single one of us. And I really think that God's trying to get us to this place in our lives where we fully trust Him. Come on, as you end 2023, that you fully trust Him with your finances. You fully trust Him with your marriage. You fully trust Him with your kids and with your career and with relationships in your life. That you fully trust God and that you, you offer Him a praise that's already inside of you before anything happens. Before you see it take place. That you praise Him. You praise Him. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And I just want you to ask the Lord, just ask the Holy Spirit, what are you saying right now? What are you speaking to me right now? Maybe you need to ask him, what, is it, what does it look like for me to trust you fully? What does it look like for me to praise you before anything happens? Just because you're worthy to be praised. I want to invite our prayer team to come down. We want to give you an opportunity in just a moment as we sing this last song and we declare that God is more than able. Come on, listen. He's more than able in your life, in your family, in your situation. He's more than able. And today we're going to offer him a praise before we see anything happen. We're going to declare we trust him. We trust him. Before it happens, we trust him. So God, right now we thank you because we know that you are trustworthy and you are worthy to be praised. And so I pray that as your people, as we sing this last song, that we would offer our trust to you, our praise to you, before we ever see anything happen, just because of who you are, you are worthy of our praise, and you can be trusted. And Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would draw every person today who needs prayer for anything, anything in their life today, in Jesus' name.